You're listening to Astroscope, astrology podcast by Mark Lerner and Great Bear Enterprises. This podcast is sponsored by Buzzword Consulting and Forfame.com. Welcome, everyone, to the 10th podcast in our series, our mini series on the United States Progressed Sun and the United States Progressed Palace in what's called secondary progressions based on the birth chart of the United States from July 4th, 1776, coming into a conjunction only several days from now. Today is May the 23rd, 2019, and the United States Progressed Sun and the United States Progressed Palace will make their union at 14 plus of Pisces, on May 28th, next week, as I'm doing this today, Thursday, May 23rd, 2019. But keep in mind, as I've been sharing in the first nine podcasts, this energy field, which is now becoming a war as of today, I'm going to have to start with today. There has been so many events over the last week since I created podcasts eight and nine. There was so many stories. Uh, it'll take at least two podcasts here of, say, about 25 minutes each to cover the extraordinary level of Palace Athena stories that have led up to today, uh, where really there's just been an all-out war going on, particularly between the House of Representatives, led by Nancy Pelosi, and the executive branch of the government, led by Donald Trump. Uh, the point about next week and the May 28th event is that, as I've shared earlier, Progressions will not just disappear. We'll have a kind of crescendo, which is already happening, by the way. The whole month leading up to May 28th is a crescendo. The several days before is another crescendo. The week or two after, everything will stay empowered. And as I've shared, the transiting Palace Athena, just two days later, May 30th, and that will extend for a couple of days, is going to station the uh, Palace Athena in the actual sky, what we call a transit, is in Libra. It's been going retrograde for a couple of months. I've reported about how the moon and Palace have come together several times in the last couple of months, and so, so much regarding the Mueller report going to the Attorney General's office and then being released to the public, and then Robert Mueller was being asked to speak at the third one of these moon-palace conjunctions, but then was prevented to do so by the Attorney General's office. But here we are in a situation where, as of today, if anybody was watching the news, we went through a whole series of uh, projections back and forth between Nancy Pelosi, uh, the leader of the House, and President Trump, a battle of words and phrases, things like the need for an intervention, uh, as Nancy Pelosi explained it, that uh, the president needed an intervention and that hopefully members of his staff or family wouldn't intrude in a way and that she was praying for the president. There were a lot of double and triple entendres with all of that. And then this also connected to the events in the last 24 hours where Nancy Pelosi, as well as Chuck Schumer from the Senate, uh, went over to see the president supposedly about um, another meeting about infrastructure in the United States, and that led to a whole catastrophe uh, press conference in the Rose Garden, various accusations going back and forth about who was destroying uh, the meeting and 
the level of anger and, and arguments and so on and so forth. But the bottom line here is that um, I'm almost tempted to go back, uh, I've been thinking about this, the Iliad and the Odyssey, which goes back to about 700, 800 BC, the epic poem of Homer, the war uh, between the Greeks and the Trojans. The reason I bring this up is um, we've discovered not, not too long ago um, a planet far away beyond Pluto that's been named Eris. And Eris in mythology was a goddess often considered the sister of Mars and supposedly how the the Trojan War began, which was described in the Iliad, was that she was not invited to a wedding reception. And then she tossed an apple into the mix, which caused um, the son of Priam, Paris uh, of Troy, uh, to choose among three goddesses who was the most beautiful. And that, the three choices, interestingly enough, one of whom was, was Pallas Athena, another one was Hera, and the third one was Aphrodite, or Venus, relating to Venus. And it turned out that Paris uh, gave the apple to Aphrodite. This led him to eventually uh, wanting to marry Helen of Troy, who unfortunately was married to somebody else in the in the Greek realm. And then this precipitated the, uh, the Trojan War. And what's interesting is that it's not like the gods and goddesses didn't take sides. And that's one of the fascinating things, if you've ever read the Iliad, I was fortunate enough to read it, of course, not in original Greek, but back in college. And now that we've discovered a planet, uh, Eris, far out in space, I wrote an article uh, a couple of years ago um, where it turned out that at President Trump's inauguration day, 2017, I suddenly saw by looking at President Trump's birth chart that Eris, which moves very, very slowly, was on top of his Sedna another planet far out in space, and it was an exact hit. And Sedna is also a goddess energy. And if you remember, it was the day after the inauguration of President Trump when millions of women congregated, particularly in Washington, D.C., but cities around the country and even around the world to protest what had happened with the whole election and Hillary Clinton's loss, even though she had more... um, more popular votes than uh, President Trump and all the the squabbles and arguments about emails and about the uh, possible uh, intrusion of Russia into the election and so on and so forth. So this whole battle has been taking place. And what is fascinating, I'm going to have to start with today's news, this battle, uh, and then go backwards. And this will continue into the next podcast. The reason is that over the last week or so, there have been so many stories. And I want to remind everyone, because I've been reading often from Eleanor Bach, the great uh, astrologer who brought us the, the first asteroid ephemeris back in 1973, and from her mundane or Earth astrology concepts about Pallas Athena, and the archetypes and the themes of which he represents in order to show how this powerful sun palace progressed conjunction in the United States chart at 14 plus of Pisces, ratcheting up day after day, week after week for the last few months, the last couple of years. As I told everyone in the a previous podcast or two, I've been studying this and looking at it for a couple of years, but as this has become 
more and more exact, and we've seen all these unusual events happening. Now we see it all being crystallized. So just as a reminder, intelligence gathering is a big issue regarding Pallas Athena, goddess of knowledge and wisdom. Defending the country, okay, our defense department, this relates back to Pallas Athena having a lot to do with the human immune system, DNA, the genetic code, how we protect ourselves, kind of our personal shields. Well, each nation has a shield of some kind, and certainly the United States has one of the most extensive ones through our, our Pentagon, our Department of Defense. But Pallas Athena is also justice or the miscarriage of justice, as, as Pallas Athena has so much to do with attorneys and courts and courthouses, as has been explained uh, also by Eleanor Bach through her book on planetary stations, which is no longer available, unfortunately, but I have a copy of it. So without further ado, um, here's the extraordinary thing of where we are right now, and then I'm going to go back in time over the last week to give a kind of listing of these unusual events, all of which, this is not all Pallas Athena. But Pallas Athena and her archetypes are so embedded in all this. But here and there, Mars is going to come up, other asteroids are going to come up. Because when we have these kind of events that are larger than life and the whole country is awash and all of this conflict and opposing views here and there and all this division, a whole bunch of archetypes are going to be involved. But what I'm highlighting here, what I'm putting the spotlight on, is this extraordinary alignment that's going on the progressed chart of the United States. And as a reminder, in that progressed chart, there's also a Mars-Chiron polarity, which is going on. And that brings up uh, Libra and Aries, and their alignment is also happening almost exactly opposite, because they're in an opposition uh, while the Sun and Pallas are together. So that's even in the chart that I'm talking about now. This is another reason why we're seeing a war environment. Literally today, Mars is at five degrees of Cancer, and that's the United States Jupiter position from July 4th of 1776. Another position today, which is fascinating, is that Venus just touched 11 of Taurus. 11 of Taurus is the sun position for the chart when George Washington took the first oath of office, what I call the chart of presidential power. That was back on April 30th of 1789. And I've reported that the usual uh, inaugural date became March 4th early on um, in, in the 1790s and the 1800s until it was changed through a constitutional amendment to being January 20th. And that first January 20th inauguration was in uh, Franklin Roosevelt's second term, January 20th, 1937. But before that, except for April 30th of 1789, when Washington came kind of, George Washington came late to the Capitol for various reasons and was inaugurated in New York City. In those days, of course, Washington, D.C. didn't exist yet. Um, and he was inaugurated in, in New York. Um, we, we have the inauguration of so many presidents on March 4th of whatever years of, of um, going into office. And that's when the sun is at 14 plus of Pisces. If we did a chart for when President Lincoln was inaugurated, March 4th of 1861, and then it was re-inaugurated March 4th, um, 1865, where's the sun? 14 plus of Pisces. 
Um, so 14 plus a Pisces may sound like, oh, what's the big deal about that? Well, that's where so many presidents began their inaugurations, which is the beginning of their term of office when so many things occur. Now it's January 20th since 1937. I've talked about that January 20th, the sun is at zero plus Aquarius. And that's the other key energy I've been talking about, as you'll remember, where um, the next the next presidential inauguration will be on January 20th of 2021. The sun will be at zero plus Aquarius. But in the lead up next year, we've got a Mars-Saturn conjunction in late March of 2020 at zero plus Aquarius. The palace station next year, we're having the palace station this month where palace goes retrograde stations and goes retrograde in Libra. And then it won't go stationary um, it's going uh, stationary and then turning direct next week, okay, in Libra at 11 degrees of Libra. But then we'll go stationary and retrograde on May 17th, 2020 at zero plus Aquarius. And then next year, the big event after the election, about five weeks or so after the election, maybe six weeks, we get December 21, 2020, when the largest planets, Jupiter and Saturn, reach zero plus Aquarius. And I'm considering that a kind of lead in to the Aquarian age that will be going for 2000 plus years, but it's also leading into what we call the, the grand mutation into, into air signs that lasts for about 180 years where Jupiter and Saturn conjunctions that happen every 20 years will be in Aquarius and, um, Gemini and Libra and take turns sort of over a long period of time, every 20 years, uh, and that'll be a topic for a different podcast. So today, May 23rd, the, the traditional planet of war is right on the United States Jupiter. And only a couple of days ago, Mars was on the United States Venus. Those two planets, Venus and Jupiter in the United States birth chart, are an early cancer. Um, as I just said, also, Venus today just happens to be on the sun position for the chart for presidential power. The reason that's significant is that President Trump is doing everything he possibly can right at the moment to reinforce his own power. In fact, the, the lead headline tonight, the latest headline, is that um, President Trump and the White House have directed the United States Attorney General William Barr to... Um, it's, this is part of the process of investigating the investigators, which began about a week ago uh, when William Barr asked um, uh, a prosecutor, former prosecutor, uh, John Durham, who has served in both Democratic and Republican administrations, uh, not to be another prosecutor, but to do an investigation of how did the whole Russia uh, collusion conspiracy uh, part of all this. How did the Mueller report even get started? What happened before? Uh, and this is the flip side of what's going on with the Democrats are trying to to uh, gain the unredacted Mueller report. The flip side is this, what we might call a, a running out the clock pattern of uh, President Trump and William Barr and other members of uh, the executive branch trying to sort of foil uh, the Democratic plan by making it, again, either a witch hunt or it was it's invalid because it started um, in a way that was inappropriate and illegal. So we've got the two sides, the, the, right, the right versus the left, okay, whether we call it Republican versus Democrat or simply extremely conservative 
uh, versus very liberal. And again, I'll bring up um, Justin Amash, uh, and this is fascinating because uh, a week ago he it turned out that um, he is a libertarian on the extreme conservative side, born April eighteenth, nineteen eighty, and he came out. He's the only conservative Republican really to come out and say yes, the president obstructed justice. Came out with his uh, a bunch of tweets actually as well as as uh, sharing this with the press about the reasons he feels that the president should be impeached, and he has been. Uh, shall we say, dissed very severely by the powers that be in the Republican Party and conservative wings. And they're trying to say things, oh, he's only looking for the limelight and, and so on. They've already put in a challenger for his primaries next year. They just want to shut him up because uh, he's sort of in the area that should be a complete Republican conservative supporter. And yet he's come out and sort of said the emperor has no clothes here. Okay, well, what I wanted to bring up here is kind of an extraordinary situation where the war, as I see it, I brought up the fact that, uh, uh, was it uh, two years ago? Yeah, at, over two years ago at the inauguration of President Trump on January 20th of 2017, turned out that the very, very slow-moving, faraway planet Eris it was at 22-plus of Aries, which is the natal Sedna, in President Bush's chart. So Eris, I wrote an article which is in our Earth Aquarius News section. It's in our September, I think it's September 24th, 2018. You'll see that date in there. But if you go to Earth Aquarius News on a Great Bear website, you'll be able to take a look at that article. And uh, I gave out a bywheel of the transits to President Trump's natal chart, and one would see the uh, Eris exactly on Sedna in that chart. And what's fascinating right now is that Vesta, the asteroid of safety and security, uh, which has a lot also to do with things that are concealed, things that uh, organizations like the NSA, the FBI, the CIA, and so on are all connected, uh, particularly to Vesta. Vesta just hit that exact point. And that's been in the last 24 to 48 hours, and it's still there. And in fact, Vesta and Eris, which has only moved on two degrees, it moves so slowly that in the last two plus years, Eris has only moved a degree or two from where it was two years ago at President Trump's inauguration. So we're about to have, as we hit this Memorial Day weekend, the asteroid Vesta and the faraway planet Eris making a conjunction. And by the way, their conjunction will be exactly square to the United States Mercury at 24 of Cancer. So there's an interweaving here of not just, oh, here's a faraway planet and here's an asteroid in the asteroid belt, but by the way, where they're making their union is going to be in a right angle, which is an angle of tension, to a key planet in the United States chart, Mercury. Now that brings up this uh, area of around 22, 23, 24, 25 degrees of Cancer, the middle uh, section of the what we call the last decanate of the sign Cancer. So when the United States came into being, Mercury on July 4th, 1776, was located at 24 plus Cancer, and by the way, was retrograde or moving in reverse. A lot of people understand that maybe when a, when Mercury is rever in reverse, which happens three times a year for about three weeks at a time, um, communications are not always what we think they are. 
But when the United States Declaration of Independence came into being, Mercury was retrograde, which was a revolutionary document um, against Mother England and communicating to the world why this needed to take place. And that's one of the things that people forget is when Mercury is retrograde, it's not bad. It's not negative. What it is is stronger in its own own position. And I will share more about that. I wrote about this, the truth about Mercury retrograde a long time ago in the pages of Welcome to Planet Earth magazine. And I've studied this for 46 years. And unfortunately, the public has a very superficial understanding and people get into astrology a little and they say, oh my God, Mercury is going retrograde. All these bad things are going to happen. And uh, it isn't that way. I'm not saying that there aren't issues that create confusion and chaos at times or misunderstandings when Mercury is retrograde, but those uh, situations happen every day uh, when Mercury is going direct. And so uh, it's kind of a false equivalency and false understanding as far as that is concerned. So what I wanted to bring up about the war is that um, I mentioned at one point Zip Dobbins, one of the great researchers into the asteroids. By the way, uh, in the Zip Dobbins uh, information I gave out, I indicated that there's an asteroid ephemeris that I use. Um, She is not the creator of that whole ephemeris. I said in a previous uh, podcast in two places, I read some quotations. She has the introduction in that wonderful uh, asteroid ephemeris that the great late Neil Mickelson, who did so much uh, good for uh, astrologers with uh, ephemerides and table of houses and all kinds of things. He originally worked with at IBM. I got to know him back in the 1970s when I first got into astrology. In fact, he popped in one day at Findhorn when I was uh, at Findhorn in the 1970s and uh, said hello. And we sort of rekindled a brief uh, discussion of when I was first a part of what's called the National Council for Geocosmic Research and Organization, which was very strong in New York City uh, back in the 70s when I got into astrology. So there is uh, one of the asteroid ephemerides, and that particular one runs from 1900 to 2050. It has a 150-year cycle of using asteroids, and that's why that book is really good. And Zip Dobbins had the introduction to that. But um, she's the one who, in particular, I quoted at least twice now in the series that um, one needs to look at Pallas Athena often as a fighter against injustice or for equality under the law. And this brings up Nancy Pelosi, who just turned 79. She was born March 26, 1940, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who just had that extraordinary entry uh, as the youngest person uh, in the house, born October 13, 1989. And the reason um, I wanted to start with them, really, is we are now sort of in this uh, gigantic cauldron of what I I hate to say, a a war, but it's a war between the legislative branch and the executive branch of the government. And hopefully right near the end of this, a few minutes, uh, before we go on to the next podcast, um, I want to bring back John Roberts, because there is a kind of triangular force going on here between the executive branch, represented by President Trump, and the House or the Congress, represented right now by Nancy Pelosi, and John Roberts as a potential 
potential arbiter as maybe a neutral figure, just like in the Iliad, the gods and goddesses took different sides for different reasons. And yet Jupiter Zeus, um, the king of the gods, usually was neutral. I mean, there might have been episodes, depending on which part of the story, whereas he leaned one way or another. But this is a kind of an interesting idea, and I have, I've had this very strong feeling that the solution to this whole issue of what's going to happen, I, I don't know when it's going to be resolved, if it ever really will be, but this whole conflagration, which I see connected very strongly to the sun and palace coming together in the progress chart of the United States, in the middle of Pisces, while Mars and Chiron oppose each other very exactly in the same chart at the same time for our nation uh, in Aries and Libra. So the underlying Mars-Chiron polarity is where we're getting um, the fight, the struggle, um, the wounds, the pain um, through a kind of war environment. The Sun Palace at the same degree is more of like, what kind of nation are we going to be after all of this? when the dust settles. And of course, there's so many other cycles that will influence the country and will always influence the country. New moons, full moons, eclipses, major planetary alignments, other progressions, major transits and things like that. So the fascinating thing here is the United States has Mercury, the, the messenger of the gods, at 24 degrees of cancer. President Trump, one of the big reasons um, that he is the president, was able to defeat Hillary Clinton, and I've shared this before in my writings, is so many of his planetary positions, sun, moon, various planets, and even midpoints, and I'll get into that in the next two or three podcasts, his chart, various kinds of things. So his planets, uh, sun, moon, and various planets are often exactly on top of or opposite or exactly square to uh, the planets and celestial bodies on July 4th of 1776. So I've never seen anything like it. And I've studied presidents and vice presidents and vice presidents who've taken over presidents due to assassination. And I've never seen any individual have as many alignments to the United States birth chart. This is why between Twitters and everything else, every day is just filled with Trump. Like him, not like him don't want to see him ever re-elected, can't believe he was ever elected in the first place. The people who absolutely love him, the 33-plus the, the percent of voters who would re-elect him in a minute, and then there's the two-thirds or uh, whatever the number is who would never want to vote for him, and we'll see how that all works out in, the next, in about a year and a half. So it turns out that the U.S. Mercury, 24 of Cancer, uh, President Trump has a Venus-Saturn conjunction at the same area. Um, he has Venus at 25 Cancer, Saturn at 23 Cancer, encircling the United States Mercury. However, Nancy Pelosi has Pallas Athena. Okay, and of course, if we look at what she's been saying, she, like, as I'll mention in a moment, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, this young member of Congress who just came in, um, they are both fighters for justice and trying to rectify miscarriages of justice. I'll, I'll explain in a moment because of how strong palace is in their charts. So Nancy Pelosi has a palace at 22 plus of cancer, which is 
right in this area of the United States Mercury. By the way, she also has Jupiter, Nancy Pelosi, exactly opposite President Trump's Jupiter. So when we see them fighting, their Jupiters are precisely opposite. Nancy Pelosi has a Jupiter at 17 plus of Aries, and President Trump is born at a Jupiter station, which is one of the big things in his chart. We'll talk more about that down the road a bit, at, 20, at 17 plus of Libra. And by the way, this is the degrees of Mars Chiron opposite by progression now in the United States birth chart. So their battle of, of, of Jupiters being opposite each other, that's one big thing. But because Nancy Pelosi's Mercury, uh, excuse me, Pallas is on the United States Mercury, and there are many other connections that she has to the United States chart, as well as the chart for presidential power, too. Um, which is why, I mean, she's behaving in a way as a kind of exec, obviously as an executive figure, because this is the second time she's now been Speaker of the House, and no other woman has ever done that, let alone been Speaker once. Uh, by the way, she, she has a triple conjunction of Uranus, Venus, and Vesta, all on the United States Vesta. And Vesta has a lot to do with not only uh, secret organizations and the power behind caucuses and things that are often not revealed, and it's also sisterhoods. So a lot of people around the country, a lot of women, not all women, of course, but many, many women, see her as a Vesta figure, a archetypal sister figure leading the country. But she's also has Pallas super strong on the United States Mercury and also conjunct Venus-Saturn where um, President Trump has his energies. Now, uh, John Roberts has Jupiter conjunct Uranus in this area, and that's very different. Jupiter at 23 of Cancer, Uranus at 25 of Cancer. They're on President Trump, Trump's Venus-Saturn. They're on the United States Mercury, and he therefore has this alliance of Jupiter, um, John Roberts does, and Uranus with Nancy Pelosi's palace. And remember the mythology that Pallas Athena was born full armored from her father Zeus or Jupiter. So John Roberts, Jupiter, and Nancy Pelosi's palace are conjunct. And that could be a big deal as we go forward in terms of these different kind of issues going into the courts. And obviously, because we're there's so much to discuss here. The list I will give you of what's happened last week, which relates so much to Pallas Athena, will be in the next uh, podcast. But one word about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, because uh, these two figures, Nancy Pelosi just turned 79, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez will turn 30. She's 29 now. That means there's a difference of almost 50 years. And what I realized is that, well, what happens in a dis <laughs> In a 50-year time period, well, that's an orbit of Chiron, the wounded healer, the rainbow bridge builder, the the uh, cometary body that was discovered in 1979, which, by the way, where John Roberts has Chiron is zero Aquarius. And I pointed this out either in the last podcast or the one before, and I believe John Roberts of the Supreme Court as Chief Justice will have an enormous role of adjudicating or working out this whole clash between the executive branch and the legislative branch because he's leading the judicial branch, the third part of our government. So um, that zero Aquarius where he is Chiron is important. Well, it turns out Nancy Pelosi's Chiron in March of 1940 and Alexandria Ocasio's Cortez's Chiron born in October 1989. They're both stationary 
in the month they were born, within like two weeks of their birthdays. And they both have Chiron, the wounded healer, rainbow bridge builder, shaman, mentor, energy, in the sign Cancer, very close to the United States sun. And so this is highly significant that both the older sister, Vesta figure, and palace figure in in the Congress, Nancy Pelosi, and the young uh, woman coming from uh, the Bronx and Queens, New York, and they don't always agree, but they are trying to work together. They have the same Chiron on the United States sun. However, just as Nancy Pelosi has palace conjunct the United States Mercury and conjunct the Venus Saturn for President Trump and the Jupiter Uranus for John Roberts, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and this is, I'm going to end on this note, this is just beyond amazing, and I didn't really look at this until the last 24 hours in order to bring this to your attention. We know Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's birth time because some young astrologer has figured it out. So her chart and Nancy Pelosi's chart are both included as charts within this podcast. And you'll see, if you look toward the bottom of the chart, amazingly, the United States was born with Pallas conjunct the moon low down in the third house of America's birth chart, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has an exact moon-palace conjunction. I'm not making this up. Three plus varies, which, by the way, is uh, several key midpoints of major planets in the United States birth chart from July 4th, 1776. So Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has major palace Athena, warrior for justice, fighter against injustice, energies. And by the way, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and I'll report about her in another podcast, has a Sun-Juno conjunction in Libra exactly on the United States Juno. And Juno or Hera, depending on your mythology, um, Roman or Greek mythology, represents empowerment or disempowerment relationships in particular, as well as the creation of peace and harmony, and is also having a lot to do with equality, uh, particularly in relationship and fairness in treating women equally to men. And this is another big issue that's come up in the last week or so with Roe versus Wade and what happened in Alabama and Georgia and so on. Final thing, though, is that um, Justin Amash, way on the conservative libertarian energy field born April 18, 1980, I have not put in his chart yet. Maybe I'll put it in the next one or one after that. It turns out he has the exact same palace Athena, three plus varies, of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. They're born approximately nine and a half years apart. And from uh, Justin Amash's birth, April 18, 1980, to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's birth, October 13, 1989, Pallas made two exact orbits. It has an orbit of about four, four plus years. Well, what are the odds that someone on the way conservative libertarian Tea Party end of the political spectrum that even the Republicans are knocking him now would have the same Pallas Athena as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and both of them about a week ago came out because she did too. Alexandria came out and said, I'm now feeling we got to do the impeachment. It's gone too far. The president obstructed justice. It's in the Mueller report. Simultaneously, her twin way off as far to the right as you can get with the same palace, Athena, jolts the Republican Party. So while Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has been a kind of fighter 
against in many ways, I shouldn't say completely against, but bringing up different points of view than Nancy Pelosi and some of the more conservative part of the Democratic leadership in the House. You've got Alexandria Cortez coming in as a 29-year-old, about to turn 30, with Moon exactly with Pallas Athena. So she's got that Pallas energy. She's also got an enormous Juno energy. Nancy Pelosi has enormously strong Pallas uh, energy because her palace is on the United States Mercury and connected to President Trump's Venus-Saturn and John Roberts' Jupiter-Uranus. And we also see Nancy Pelosi with three planets, including Vesta on the United States Vesta, bringing in the Vesta forces. So everybody is interweaving, and this is a a fascinating collage, and we're going to end at this point, and we'll move on to uh, more about running out the clock, one of the themes of this uh, podcast and what I call revisionist history, uh, those two themes in the next podcast, which will be number 11 in our sequence. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Many blessings. Bye for now. Thank mm-hmm. you.